Your brain needs support, and new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L theanine, and caffeine, Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Science. Exercise. Nutrition. Health. Energy. Passion. One year, no beer. This is the One Year No Beer Podcast, where you will find all the latest tips, tricks, and hacks for a way to live better. Welcome to another episode of the One Year No Beer Podcast. I am Ruri Fairbairns. Nope, he's not there. Nope, he's not there. He is still in the woods, I'm afraid. He's in the woods. Andy has gone deep and dark into the woods. Um, He is very focused on the new alcohol-free me stuff. Um, and developing some new exciting things for Live Life Better. Lots of exciting things to come. Today, I am joined by one of our incredible One Year No Beer members, um, Gareth Davis. Gareth, how are you? I'm very well, thank you, Ruri. All good, mate. So, um, for those of you, where are you you situated right now, Gareth? Uh, I'm based in Cardiff in South Wales in the UK. And it's shining for once. So, wow! Well, yeah, exactly. We're we're bracing for major floods here in Scotland. Apparently, it's uh, going to be the worst floods ever. So, Gareth, tell us a bit of backstory. What's um, what was life like? Um, fill us in. Well, prior to the one year no beer, I think I had a pretty sort of average British sort of uh, youth. A lot around sports, um, in particular rugby. And I think within that comes the real sort of drinking culture. Um, traditionally it's quite sort of like a laddish type culture um, and I I just sort of like you know got into my sort of drinking then it's just part and parcel of, of the sport really um, and also my parents you know drank quite a lot as well you know, they were the sort of after work go to the pub have a couple of pints you know that was just so I was just really sort of followed the uh, the tradition there I guess um, and I think you know back in the sort of 90s it was just a real sort of for me anyway it was a bit of a party decade um, <laughs> you know, a party you know. decade i love it yeah, it's indeed, my yeah. kind of decade hey, <laughs> exactly so it's a good one um so that was just sort of like kind of like my youth and then i suppose in terms of sort of like drinking and stuff it just carried on from from there really um Again, I never had a problem with, with drinking as such. I could take it or leave it, but I just chose to take it quite a lot, you know. Um, and that sort of carried on, you know, up until relatively recently. Um, in terms of my um, alcohol-free time, I think it's 281 days today. Oh. Uh, yeah, so I'm really chuffed with that. And, you know, I'll talk a bit more in detail about that shortly, but it's been absolutely fantastic. Um, but... Uh, four years ago, I um, was registered blind. Um, I actually lost my eyesight um, due to a genetic condition. Uh, it's called retina pigmentosa, um, which I was actually diagnosed with when I was uh, 18, 19. Uh, but it's like a hereditary condition that um, slowly degenerates over the years. And about four years ago, five years ago, it took a real sort of like dip. Um, so today I've only got about 5% vision in my left eye. 
and in my right, it's just a blur. So I'm, you know, I, I don't know if it's a good thing or a bad thing, Rory, but I can hardly see you. So uh, <laughs> that's a good thing to me uh, after my Spartan races. Trust me. Yeah, that's all. But no, seriously. Um, so it's only a little bit uh, of vision left. Um, and that sort of diagnosis or, or being registered blind has a big impact on your mental health, which is very, very common for people with sight loss in terms of like, you know, really sort of accelerates depression. You're just sort of really anxious. You know, for me, I was just really scared, basically, you know, how am I going to carry on paying the mortgage? You know, I had two little kids at the time, two sort of uh, a bit older now, obviously, uh, you know, wife, etc. And I think a lot, I kind of like used alcohol um, to sort of kind of like deal with it, really, you know, to block it out, which we all know in hindsight, it's not a good thing. Um, but at the time, it, I, I think to be fair, it did help a little bit at the time, but all it did really was mask the, the situation and sort of like prevent me accepting it and dealing with it. You know, it's very much like that grief cycle, you know, um, the, the anger and the, the, the fear, you know, prior to it, the acceptance. So yeah, that was pretty tough time really. And then sort of on, on top of that, um, my, I separated from my wife about 18 months ago, you know, that sort of, again, I suppose accelerated my drinking, um, again, just being able to take or leave it. Um, but, I also had this new sort of found freedom, I suppose. I was living by myself, still really upset and just, you know, and all, the, all those emotions churning around. I suppose it was a bit of a bender as well last year, you know, just reliving the 90s. I imagine that's pretty common as well. Yeah, yeah. So it was a tough, tough couple of years, tough few years, really. And then sort of towards the, this time last year, I guess. So autumn, you know, going into towards Christmas, I was just thinking, you know, well, I'm literally fed up with this I'm sick of this sick of the way that I feel you know lethargic in the mornings a bit nauseous and whatever I'd given up drinking for I'd done the you know the um you know stints where you give up for a few months prior to that uh, over the years um so I thought you know what I'm just going to go for it I'm just going to give it up and I don't know how but just somehow the one year no beer Facebook ad popped up on my feed yeah and I'm very good at targeting <laughs> oh, I love the social media. <laughs> um, and that intrigued me. Um, I started looking into it, and I think I saw a couple of Andy's early morning walks in the woods or whatever. And so I kind of like just, just hooked up there, just joined up there, and it's been absolutely fantastic. Yeah, and so basically every day checking in with the page, checking in with different people I've got to know. Um, I did the mastermind at the end of the summer which is a real, real bonus. I really love that. And so with the new stuff that Andy's developing, I would really urge people to to give that a go, you know, because the connection that you talk about a lot is really solidified in in those sort of groups. It opens different doors in terms of learning. Um, so it's really got me into all sorts of different audio books, a different sort of like habits, daily lifestyle, you know. So yeah, it's really transformed me. So. That's fantastic. Thanks for that amazing feedback. Um, the masterminds have been very, uh, very successful, both in, you know, in, in demand, but also in, in everybody we speak to, you know, raves about mastermind. I don't think I've ever had anyone say they didn't get a lot from it. I think it's one of those things where it's such a huge toolkit that you really, um, you really can pick out a lot of stuff from it. But it's the, it's the most important time because you're pausing to reflect on your life and going, right, hang on a minute, which way is my compass pointed um, and how, which way do I want it to point? Um, and I don't think we do that enough in life, really. No, no, definitely. And, and I think as well, um, 
even though we were exposed to, for example, the Facebook page, and we know there's thousands of people out there doing one year no beer, until you actually you're talking to people and seeing them, you know, literally virtually chatting with them, you, you don't have that. You do still think it's just you, really. There is that sort of still that slight element of feeling a little bit isolated. Uh, but those group things really do break break that down, and you know, you realise it's not just you who's got these ideas or thoughts. It's fantastic. Definitely. Yeah, um, it's peeling back the layer of what we've been convinced about what alcohol is, I guess. So um, tell me about the early days when you when you took up the challenge. Um, what was it like in your first month or first few bits? You'd done months before, so I guess you did you rattle through it fairly easily? I did, but also I made the the point of telling people in my local pub, for example, that you know I've given up drinking, I'm you know, giving up for a year, which obviously was quite a big thing, big statement to make. I knew in my in my gut and in my my heart that I was giving it up forever, you know. And I I don't know why I I felt that or, but I knew that that was going to be the case. So to be fair, you know, in terms of, I, I did you know get through it pretty, you know, pretty easily to be honest. Um, one I had that motivation, and two it was just like you know a penny had just just dropped, and I was going for it and. And again, I would say the for me, um, it, it was the morning sort of check-ins, you know, the the, the Facebook again with, with um, Andy walking around the woods or, or whatever he's doing. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you only see I ask myself sometimes. You only see from the neck up. I do do wonder sometimes. <laughs> he's there in boxer shorts, if that. Yeah. But no, um, so yeah, I did. Um, I found it quite easy. But I made it in terms of being accountable. I was telling um, all my sort of like my friends, uh, colleagues that you know I'd given up for a month, so I was going to do it for a year, uh, and they didn't believe me. So just lots of taking the mick, you know, and, and their reaction, all reactions were at first real sort of like mick taking, you know, why are you doing that, you know, all the usual sort of stuff. And do you know what? I felt, actually felt sorry for him. <laughs> <laughs> I, I really did. Uh, because they're sort of think, still taken in by alcohol, aren't they? Oh yeah, totally. You know, as, as we all were. Yeah, you know, as we so all were. Not criticism, but I was just thinking. You know, they're looking at it and thinking, really. You know, I think you should, you know, um, give it a go. Um, but I've not been that sort of born again AF type person. It's, it's just you know, I just take it and you know, give a bit of banter back. Exactly. They'll get to it in their own time. The process of change takes a long time, and you know that seed has to be sown, and then eventually. You know, we get to a point where we get to pain strong enough that we're like, right, I can't take it anymore. I'm ready to change. I'm going to I'm going to point at rugby for a minute. And the reason why I'm going to point at rugby is because, um, you know, we have a partnership with the Professional Footballers Association. Um, they recognize about alcohol and sport and things like that. Um, but rugby, we've never we've never really got uh, in the door that well. And I'm sure it's just a matter of time. I believe and I, I'm kind of lining you up here, <laughs> but I believe um, you know, and, and I think you'll find the same, that there are these breeding grounds like college, like military, like um, rugby, where we literally educate people to drink quickly, smash it back, that it's really important. And we sort of solidify that identity, the identity part, because the more you can drink, the more you're celebrated, uh, the more you can handle, the more you're praised. Um, and those things, that creates wiring over time and that wiring then leads us. And then when we're at home on our own, it's so easy to fall into a dark trap. Um, so I think that places like that should be doing a lot more to support their veterans, if you like, their, their senior, their people who've been 
um, uh, young and youthful and having fun in their 20s. Well, it's not so fun anymore because now they're at home drinking, power drinking on their own. Mm. What do you think? Uh, I would agree. It's really sort of amplified within, as you say, the rugby um, setting uh, or the rugby club setting. Um, and from people I know within the military, again, that's definitely the case. Um, <laughs> it was a. It was actually a point, I was with a friend last November. Uh, you know, best mates from primary school, secondary school. He still served in the Royal Navy, uh, and we had such a bender over like three days. There was that point. I thought this has got to change. So totally, uh, yeah, echo your, your your thing on that. Within the, the the rugby culture, it's there. It's hardwired in that culture. Even though at the, an elite level, and um, the guys are athletes. You know who, who you know many of whom don't drink now these days. Um, at the much lower at the lower levels, as certainly as you get down to grassroots levels, it, it really is. Um, and it's a surprising thing because um, when we think about, for example, in youth rugby or mini rugby, there's such stringent things around safeguarding now and child protection. But you walk into that clubhouse. And you can you you know a kid or a teenager can see people as you say going to a boat race or something. It's, yeah. it, there's there's that sort of bit of a bizarre sort of thing there really. Um, so yeah, absolutely. I think you know sport is such a powerful tool. We, you know, really should encourage a lot more stuff around healthy you know around well-being. Absolutely. You know, mental health is such a big thing as as we know in in football in particular. It's only now that players again at a pro, you know a pro level are starting to talk about it. I think we will see that increasingly happen in rugby, but I'm not sure about whether the drinking that will take a long time to to really change. Um, and I also think it's encouraged as well, just because it, from economic perspective, that you know rugby clubs um, need people to drink beer in them to 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 stay committed. Funded. Yeah, um, but it's yeah. When I look back now and some of the things I've, I've seen. Um, in a rugby context, it just blows my mind now. Yeah. yeah. Agreed. Um, yeah, um, I used to be scrum half. So, um. Oh, yeah, same here. <laughs> um, so that makes you the cheeky chappy. Yes, well, let's move off um, rugby for now, although I'd love to stay on it all day. But I really, I, th- I think what you said about sport, sport is a brilliant vehicle to reach people. Um, and, you know, what we will see over the next five, 10 years, we'll see all advertising for alcohol ripped out of sport. So they're starting to do that in motorsport. Um, so no alcohol advertising in, in motorsport. It's, it's only a matter of time before that filters down to all sports. We're seeing more and more press now about how there's no safe limit, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. The truth is coming out in a way. Um, and that's why we're seeing such a huge growth in, in alcohol-free beverages. But what I believe is that, you know, it may look like there's a mountain to climb with a lot of these things and a big distance to go, but it's not. Um, it's going to happen fairly quickly and there will be there will be a big sort of domino effect um, when it when it flips around. So anyway, moving on, you're supposed to be doing all the talking, not me. <laughs> so you got into the challenge. Um, you got into a month or two like that. Oh, you said you about the mastermind, um, which really changed for you. What sort of things have changed for you since going alcohol free? I, I, I'm much more confident now about just going for things, just doing things. Um, it's really sort of helped my self-esteem, you know, because we all, again, in terms of this sort of macho British culture, we always purvey that, you know, that veneer that we're, we're tough and all the rest of it. But underneath, once that's cracked, you know, we're just, we, we're just 
you know big big kids really um and i do i yeah so my confidence has really improved um i'm really sort of getting into a lot more audio books because obviously i struggle to read text you know i still can still do it on my phone and ipads but i just like listening to to a lot of sort of self-help books um so um recently i've really got into the oh god what is it how alfred's uh miracle morning so yeah got, hal elrod exactly uh, brilliant so I think professionally, um, I'm just so much more productive. Um, I'm really smashing it work-wise, um, which is, again, because I'm, I'm up, I've got the energy, um, I'm really sort of going for it. So, so yeah, and I, I suppose with the confidence and stuff, it's about not, fe- you know, that, that that's your, your mental health again there, isn't it? It's about not worrying about the past, but really just looking forward to the future. Um and it gives you a good sort of, uh, you know, you've, it's a big challenge, you, you know. So the, the fact you're doing it and you've done it to this this far so far just helps. It's just that momentum. It's really got that momentum going. It's just a real sort of buzz. Uh, I made loads of friends as well. I think that's something that, you know, you can call it connection or whatever. But there's some real sort of good friendships that I've built up through one year, no beer, um, which has been lovely. Uh, and I met up with a, one of the guys from the Mastermind the other day in Edinburgh. I'm also just eating much more healthily. Um, I'm not totally plant-based. I'm, I would say about 80%, uh, and that's absolutely fine for me, I'm, uh, you know, at the moment. Um, that's huge. Yeah, I, yeah. But I'm <laughs> just eating sort of all sorts of vegetables and things I would never have dreamed of doing before. So it's just it's just brilliant, really. It's hard to sum up when it's such a – it's all-encompassing, you know, in terms of my lifestyle's improved that much. Uh, I'm, better, I'm a better father as well, I think. Might be a bit of a cliché. But when I when the kids are here, I you know, want to spend much more time focused on them rather than thinking, oh, you know, hurry up, you've got to get down the shop before it closes, you know, that kind of thing. To to, It's just lovely, you know. Um, I'm getting it's amazing out. how far-reaching it is in, in, in somebody's life. Yeah, it, it reaches all areas of your life. You sleep, you know, even when you're asleep, it's benefiting you, which yeah. is mental, you know. So, yeah, <laughs> it's just all good. You know, you can tell with a big smile on my face, you know. Yeah. I love it. Um, yeah. What does so and what does the future hold for you? Well, it's an alcohol-free future. That's number one. That's a given. Uh, I just personally want to sort of just develop a lot more about um, myself. You know, really accepting and seeing now that I am enough. I, you know, in terms of I don't have anything to prove to anybody. Um, I, I think my sort of career-wise, that's really sort of going really well. Um, and then sport wise, you know, I'm no spring chicken anymore, a bit like yourself, Ruri, you know, from, <laughs> from, <laughs> from, one, <laughs> from one age and scrum off to another. Uh, yeah, I'm hoping to be in the uh, England blind rugby team um, going to Japan uh, next year. So I'm involved with the Harlequin, Harlequins Foundation in London at the moment, um, which is where the blind rugby is taking place. And uh, we're, we're hoping that there'll be an England team together um, for the Rugby World Cup in October. So fingers crossed, get through the final Woo-hoo! trial. That yeah, is amazing. So, so I'll add traveling to the list of what the future holds for me, you know. So I, I want to get and see places before I can't see them. Do you know what I mean? So, <laughs> yeah, so. yeah. That's absolutely amazing. So um, playing Rugby World Cup is absolutely, um, that, that's fantastic. Congratulations. I bet you never thought that was going to happen. Absolutely, I didn't. And um it wouldn't be happening now if I hadn't started the one year no beer journey. You know, I just I wouldn't have bothered. I wouldn't have believed that I could have done it for one and just all the I would have trained, um, like I, I am training, 
wouldn't have had that dedication, you know. Um, I also think there's a lot of crossover between living with sight loss and being alcohol free. Um, this is quite, a, I suppose, a bit of a unique perspective for me. But when you you can hardly see or you're registered blind or whatever, it takes a lot of courage just to get out the front door. It takes a lot of courage to walk down the street, to go into places. You always have to pick yourself up, literally, sometimes, because you do, yeah, there's a lot of trips and falls involved. And just sort of just proving to everybody else out there in society that, you, you know, you are just as, um, you can do just as much as they can. Just as capable. You know, but exactly. actually more. You know, I really always like to take things up to the next level. Um, and I think those are similar traits that people who are doing the one year no beer challenge presents in terms of that courage to change, to change that resilience, you know, uh, and also that element of fun, because for me anyway, and for most, a lot of blind people, you've got to have that gallows humor, you know, you've got to have that banter because that's, that's the sort of coping strategy. And I think that again, that's within the, the challenge. There's so much fun involved, you know, so, so bring on the Spartans and, uh, you know, I'll demonstrate. Oh yeah, definitely. Right, we're getting you in for Spartan 2000 yeah. and, uh, 2019. That would be amazing. Bring That'd be on. amazing to do. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, you you touched on something amazing there about the the similarities between it, and obviously it shows the strength of your character, um, the fact that you've you've dealt with these things. And I guess a lot of people who um, find out about blindness, or or even find out about any illness or serious illness or injury, all these things which become debilitating. Um, you know, it, it'd be very easy to fall into these sort of crutches um, to rely on dealing with the dealing with the struggle. You know, let's say somebody was listening, and and this is exactly their experience. You know, they haven't made the leap um, to 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 go against alcohol yet. They're using it as a crutch, and they and they're in a similar situation. What would be your words of wisdom? Uh, well, f- firstly, that's perfectly normal um, for people to do that. You know, I did it myself, used alcohol as a crutch to deal with uh, the diagnosis and the depression and all the rest of it. So if people are listening, um, and it is not just about sight loss, as you say, it's about any sort of disability, illness, injury. But there comes a point where you yourself have to take responsibility, you know, for your future. Um, And you can't keep bemoaning the past. What's happened to you has happened uh, and you have to accept it. There is so many good, you know, so many things out there you can do. Um, you can be the best version of yourself. You know, it's about you taking ownership and thinking, well, actually, I'm going to smash this. I'm going to, you know, whether it's sport, whether it's an activity, work, whatever. You have to sort of accept where you are in life. Something I always say to myself is, and to others, is there's always somebody worse off than you. And, and there really is, you know, I was thinking just the other day, there's people, regardless of your politics, or whatever, there's people putting themselves and their families on boats to come across the Mediterranean, many of them drowning, Yeah. you yeah. know, to, to get to have a very, a, as close a life as I've got. Yeah. You know, so a what have I got to of the life. What, I know. what have I got to moan about? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. You know, the sun comes up every day. So if you are in that situation, accept it. Be brave enough as well to seek professional help if you need it in terms of counselling. So within for sight loss, RNIB run a really good counselling service. Put your hand up and, and tell people you're struggling as well. Because, you know, the old sayings, you know, problem halved is a problem shared, and it really is. Um, I made that mistake myself of keeping things inside 
too long. Um, and that one, I think it just affected my mental health, uh, certainly affected my relationships. Put it out there. Um, we all think it's just us. It's not. You know, there's millions of people out there who are struggling with this, that or the other. Um, and be brave, be courageous and have a smile on your face. You know, it's, I love it's, it. It's amazing. You're, you're absolutely amazing. Thank you. And the, the, the thing about one year no beer and coming into the community is that the one thing you'll see straight away is vulnerability. And Andy and I tried to really um, cultivate this, this um, community of, of vulnerability. And, you know, I think that's the biggest thing, the biggest problem for men today. And the reason why suicide is so high is because we're not speaking um, and so when people come into a room, it's full of people who are digging deep. And that's what goes on in our groups. You see p- people really speaking from the heart. It, it makes it okay for other people to talk. Um, and actually, that can be an enormous pressure release uh, for somebody who is, who's, who's unable to speak and everything else like that. And I think that leans on to the importance of joining a community. Yeah. I, I, I'd also say that it's a closed group as well. Uh, that's a massive thing. One thing that I spoke to the mastermind guys about um, the day is that we have that element of trust as well, that we can all just, you know, if people are struggling, they they, they say it and they're not going to be judged. You know, they're going to be listened to and supported. You know, that's priceless. Yeah, absolutely. Do you think your senses improved when you removed alcohol? Because obviously the other sensitives, well, not obviously, but I'm guessing your other sensitives uh, well, in terms of hearing and stuff like that. Yeah, um, your hearing or your or um, smell um, or these things. Obviously, things like your balance improve. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, I don't know. I wouldn't. I, I I think I've always had good hearing, and it's not associated to do with with having sight loss. No, I don't think so. I, I don't think so. Um, but on all seriousness. You know, just things like crossing roads. I've got a guide dog, um, but even so, you're kind of like in control of them a little bit. Or even when he was left at home and I'd be out with my cane. You know, certainly in terms of accident prevention, the risks have, have dramatically dropped, which, you know, it is a serious thing. We can, we can laugh and joke about it, but, you know, it really is a serious thing. Um, just going on, there's, going back to one of your points there about sort of like, you know, suicide in... So there was some recent academic research um, in the UK that sight loss is the second biggest factor in male suicide in men aged over 60. Wow. Yeah, exactly. Well, that's what I thought when I read that. Um, because people lose their independence, they lose that, 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 that thing about being the breadwinner. Yeah. As well as all the, you know, the physical side of things. Um, so the, I, I would suggest that a lot of those guys are really hitting the bottle. Um, you know, and, and those people who live with them as well, you know, so. Well, it sounds so. like we should be doing more to support. Um, and we talked about this beforehand and we're going to keep talking, aren't we? Because um, I want you to help me um, improve the platform so that we're very blind friendly. Um, we want to do some stuff around um, discounting um, for for um, registered blind um, things like that to make sure that you know it's, it can be affordable for anyone you know all those kind of stuff so um, we're going to work together after this podcast and and um, improve things because I'm very very keen to support oh thank you very much Rui you know it's uh, it's something it's like again many I say uh, illnesses or it can affect anybody at any time you know through an accident or through picking up a virus you know so yeah it's fantastic that you're you're willing to do that and for us or for me to be able to advise you on how to improve the accessibility of things like your website and stuff so 
Brilliant. Awesome. Um, any final pieces of wisdom you'd like to share with, um, with our wonderful One Unobia members? Don't give up. If, if you do have, you know, a drink is not the end of the world. Uh, I, I haven't, hand on heart, but I, I see that other people do. It's about learning from that. Um, it's about picking yourself up and realizing, again, you're not alone. One of my sort of mantras from, through sort of sport and stuff is dig deep and carry on. You know, when you're absolutely blowing on a rugby pitch or in a gym and you're seeing stars because you can hardly breathe anymore, just dig deep and carry on. And I think that's the same applies to um, to the guys, all of us, you know, and I say us, uh, doing when you're no beer, it's just to dig deep and carry on um, because the, the benefits of it are uh, infinite. That's Brilliant. I love it. Seeing as we lambasted rugby a little bit earlier on, we should definitely praise it because it's institutions like that where you learn um, by being a competitive sport that you learn resilience and determination and those things go on to last your lifetime. Um, and that's held you in great state when you've decided, you know what, I'm going to put this alcohol thing to bed or I'm going to get over this, um, this diagnosis I've had and I'm going to transform my life so that I'm not held back by it. And now, you know, potentially going to Japan to be in the Rugby World Cup. I mean, just phenomenal. And, uh, you know, obviously rugby has played a big part in that. Yeah, I, and I absolutely love it. I've got a 10-year-old son um, and I, he loves rugby. Uh, and I really hope he he goes through the oh, you know the whole age system and to an adult. Um, it's his choice whether he drinks or not. But I think you know me being a better role model that may or may not um, in, impact on him. It's a, rugby for me is about uh, about a, a club. It's like a, again it is like a family where you learn about work ethic. Um, you you mix with people from the the wealthiest people um, to my my club um, or one of my the club nearest to me in Cardiff has got a few refugees playing, you know, um, from Africa. So you just mix with everybody um, and you learn to be able to communicate on the same level. You know, it's a real leveller. Um, and what's really good as well is that, you know, that the whole women's game is huge now. Uh, my daughter plays for her school. So again, it's about those, those social skills, I think, those positive social skills. And I, I totally agree with what you said earlier about, it doesn't about young people growing up. They don't seem to want to drink like we yeah, did, no. which is, you know, brilliant. You know, it's like people don't smoke now, like back 20 years ago, you know, that's, it's really sort of seen as a social, you're like a social leper. If you have, if you see somebody having a fag outside <laughs> uh, or something, you know what you do, you know, so slowly things are changing. Um, so yeah, totally. I love, I love rugby and there's so many positives for it. Um, and it's global. It is. And um, so here is my absolute pledge, um, because my favorite stadium is the Millennium Stadium to watch oh, yeah. something. So the moment you're playing there, I'm there. I played there last April, actually. So. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. So hopefully again in the spring. Yeah. So uh, brilliant. Uh, and brilliant. Uh, yeah, I work literally across the road from there. So if you ever you are awesome. in South Wales, um, yeah. it'd be lovely to catch up. We'll go for a coffee or whatever. Sounds awesome. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Thanks for no being problem. such an inspiration. We'll all be looking out for you in the in the community. If you haven't yet come and join One Year No Beer, then come and join and get a chance to chat to Gareth because he's, as you've heard, an amazing individual. Gareth, wish you all the best with the Rugby World Cup. Fantastic stuff. Chat soon. Cheers, Ruri. Thank you. See you. 
Thanks for listening to the One Year No Beer podcast. For a full list of episodes and to join in the challenge yourself, head on over to oneyearnobeer.com. One year no beer.com.